Welcome to the podcast of Destiny Community Church. Today is week three of I Can See Clearly Now. And I will be honest with you, I have been intentionally building towards this week. I have been alluding to this week throughout this series because I do believe that this this week and the teaching of what I'm about to give you has the ability to change your life forever. And it's not one of these things that, that I say it has the ability. If you apply it, it will change your life forever. It will change the decision-making process for your life and for your home. Um, and so I'm excited about teaching this, but I've got some territory to cover. And I've already asked the band to come up and sing a specific song at the end of this. And so my plans are, now let me just say this, God, you know, God has a, he reserves the right to change our plans, right? So I'm not saying this is exactly how it's going down. My plans are that when I finish teaching today, we are going to go right into a time of worship and I want that word to be settled in our hearts. I hope that I can answer all the questions that you may have about this particular subject today. And um, if, if it doesn't make sense and we get to the end of this and you're just confused, then call my office, set up an appointment, and I promise you I'll sit down with you and we'll be confused together, okay? The first week of this series, we recognize that when you are enlightened to something, you see it. When you understand it, you see it. And I told you that nearsighted Christianity only allows you to see what's right in front of you. It's where you see every problem that life throws at you, but you see that clearly, but, but you don't see how you're going to get through that. Then last week I told you that your eagerness will cause you to disobey the will of God. And life's greatest mistakes happen when we get ahead of God. And so we have to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit of God guiding and leading us. We've got to learn to open our spiritual eyes and hear the voice of the Lord. Now, have you ever noticed that when you talk to God, we call that prayer? But when someone claims that they hear God talking to them, we call it schizophrenia. And so I know that this makes some of you uncomfortable, right? You know, we're hearing voices. I, I, for some of you in the room, you're about to judge me. Um, probably all of you are about to judge me, but that's okay. For those of you in the room that you've never heard the audible voice of God, I want you to know that you're in good company. I have never heard the audible voice of God. When God speaks to me, he often does it in a still small voice that he drops into my spirit. When he does that, it is up to me to, to filter that and to see if that's of God. And so my life has been spent since early adulthood using a method that I believe is scriptural and I want to teach you this today. And for some of you, you've been around DCC long enough to where you've heard me teach it. Maybe not quite like I'm going to teach it today, but you've heard me teach this. And so you know that my life is, is basically ran by, by this method, especially on the big decisions of life. Today, I will be teaching from the book that I am writing called Big Dreams in a Small Town. Today is the first time that I will share directly from the book publicly. And I specifically want to share from a chapter in the book called Leases and Fleeces. Leases and Fleeces. I have lived my adult life seeking God for major decisions that I must make. 
Now, church, I don't claim that I have always had perfect clarification on every decision that I made. There have been plenty of life decisions that I just had to rely on a little common sense and a whole lot of grace to make the right call. How many of you know that a little common sense and a whole lot of grace goes a long way? And I believe that, that there are some decisions in life that, that we can trust with that. But yet there are other decisions that I cannot trust with that because they're too big. There are some decisions in life that, that I need to know that I've heard from heaven before I make those decisions. It is absurd for me to think that God doesn't want to give me direction. It would be absurd for you to think that God does not want you to have direction for your life. Jeremiah 33 and 3 he tells us, he says, call to me and I will answer you. And I will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. That's his promise to us. You get to, to Psalm 32 and 8 and he says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. So God has not given us blind information. He's not just telling us go in this direction without keeping an eye on the direction that we're going. John 10 and 27, which has been a very familiar verse with this series. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. God wants to give me direction for my life and he wants me to see it clearly. And I want you to understand that about your life today. God wants to give you direction and he wants you to see it clearly. Philippians 4 and 6 says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So he invites us to ask him for direction. Let your requests be made known to him. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. You see, seeking signs from God has both negative and positive implications in the word of God. And sometimes because our limited uh, vocabulary in the English language, we don't understand the differences because we don't often go back to the Hebrew or the Greek and we don't understand exactly what's being said. And so I can tell you this, that seeking signs as a whole has both negative and positive Im implications in the word of God. I know that God told Ahaz to seek a confirming sign, telling him to even seek the miraculous. I know that God gave Moses a sign in the wilderness to confirm his call to lead the children of Israel out of captivity. That sign was this. He said, Moses, what's that in your hand? He said, a staff. He said, throw that down. He throws it down. It becomes a snake on the ground. Then God says, grab it by the tail. When he grabs it by the tail, it becomes a staff again. And it was the sign that he needed to, to have confirmation to know that he was going to be the liberator of Israel. And as we will see today, God uses signs to guide us. Now, in God's word, there are, there are certain signs that are frowned upon in scripture when you use them to test the deity of God. Don't ever use and ask for a sign to test the existence of God. Don't ever ask for a sign to test whether or not God is capable or able. And what I'm proposing today, you are not questioning God's sovereignty. What you are simply doing is you are asking God for guidance. And there's a big difference between the two. And God will never de de deny you when you come to him for guidance when I felt like God was leading me to plant this church I knew that there were two key factors 
when and where. Now, for some of you in the room that, that, that you're here today and, and you look around and you see this crowd, you have no idea how important those two factors were in planning this church. It was something that I realized. It was something that I knew I had to get right. And within my own abilities, I could not get this right. But I could not afford to get these two things wrong. If I planted the church at the wrong time, I know that, that uh, I could have seriously hindered the initial growth of this church. And we needed to, to have a, an immediate growth spurt right off the bat because there, there's something that is critical with, with having enough people there to call a crowd. If I planted the church in the wrong place, then I would miss the target harvest that God was calling me to. And, and some of you don't know this, but we almost did plant the church in the wrong place. And for the last two years that I was in Tampa, I prayed and I prayed and I prayed. And I knew that God was preparing me, but I wanted so badly to move forward with the dream. I, I knew that God wanted me to plant a church. I knew God wanted me to plant a church near the Gainesville area. But, but there were just some, some logistics of that and there were certain, uh, you know, just just details that I did not have at the moment. And earlier in my ministry, I probably would have jumped ship too soon, but how many of you know with age comes maturity? For all of you middle schoolers and high schoolers in the room, listen to me. With age comes maturity. I know that you think that your parents don't know anything, but with age comes maturity, and we don't have to know anything. We're mature. <laughs> but what I did... What I did do and what I learned through that process was to wait on God. And I'm so thankful that I had the maturity to do that. And I'm not telling you I haven't grown up some since then. And uh, I, 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 I'll just leave that there. Let's don't get into my early mistakes. We'll keep moving. But some people look at me like I'm crazy when they find out how I come about making certain decisions in my life. And some of you here today... You'll leave here today believing that I've lost my mind, especially by the time I get to the end of this. All I can say is this, is hear me out and don't knock it till you try it. I promise you, I will never teach you anything that is not biblical and, and, and filtered through the pages of Scripture. For years, I have lived my life by laying out fleeces. And if you don't understand that word, you will before you walk out of here, okay? So, so don't think that we're using some kind of Christianese right now that, that you know, everybody understands and you don't. Just stay with me. But I have lived my life laying out fleeces for God to reveal his path for me and for my family. And I have used this method for many life decisions, from buying cars to building houses to making major career moves. I have laid fleeces out, and this has been my proven method of decision-making for my life. And to some, it might sound like chance, but to me, laying out a fleece takes the chance out of it. And if you know how to, to lay a fleece out properly, it'll take the chance out of it for you too. I want you to turn to the book of Judges today. And in the book of Judges, we, we find an unqualified man by the name of Gideon that God uses to lead Israel into battle against the Midianites. By Gideon's own admission, he is the weakest among his already weak family. He did not have the proper pedigree to, to be a warrior, to be a military leader. He nor anyone in his family had that background. 
Yet God called Gideon to do just that. And after some debate with God on whether or not he was the right candidate, Gideon devises a plan to hear God's voice more clearly. He wanted to see it. He wanted to know that this is what God wanted him to do. And we find this proposal in Judges chapter 6, verses 36 through 40. This has the potential to change your life if you've never made a mark in your Bible. Highlight this, mark it, do something so that you don't lose this. Judges chapter 6, verse 36. Then Gideon said to God, If you will save Israel by my hand, as you have said, behold, I am laying a fleece of wool on the threshing floor. If there is any dew on the fleece alone, and it is dry on all the ground, then I shall know that you will save Israel by my hand, as you have said. And it was so, when he rose early next morning and squeezed the fleece, he wrung enough dew from the fleece to fill a bowl with water. Then Gideon said to God, Let not your anger burn against me. Let me speak just once more. Please let me test just once more with the fleece. Please let it be dry on the fleece only, and on all the ground let there be dew. And God did so that night, and it was dry on the fleece only, and on all the ground there was dew. I just want to be sure that you get this, and you understand what God's Word is teaching us right here. Gideon asked for a sign to prove that this was truly God's will. So he put a piece of wool out overnight on the threshing floor. And his prayer was, this is the sign, God, that I need to see. To, in order for me to know that this is you and not last night's pizza, I need to know that you're speaking to me. So I'm going to put this, this piece of wool out on the flo floor. And tomorrow morning when I wake up, I want that wool to be saturated with dew, but all the ground around it to be dry. He wakes up the next morning, and the Bible says that there was so much dew that he could wring it out and fill up a bowl full of water. You would think in that moment that he has, has his answer, that that's enough. That's all you need to know. I mean, the, the, the wool was wet, but all the ground was dry. It's a miracle, right? But he wants to be sure that he is hearing God. Understand, this is not questioning God. This is saying, I don't want to take any act of nature that, is, that, 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 that could have could be common it didn't look common but but God I just don't want to miss you on this I want to know that I know that I know that I heard from you and see he, he just says God if I may let me just make one more request he said tomorrow morning when I wake up I want it to be the opposite I want the piece of wool to be dry and all the ground around it to be wet and, and if that's it then God I will know that you're speaking to me he wakes up the next morning and that's exactly what God did, answering his requests. I know what some of you are thinking, man, I, I do. I've really tried to, to put myself in your shoes and, and, and really just, just come up with, with all of the, you know, the devil's advocate remarks that could be said today. You're thinking that this is a dangerous way to make decisions. I mean, who would be crazy enough to do such a thing? Me and Gideon. And it works. And what is even crazier about this story? That some man says, God, if, 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 I, if I'm going to do this, I have to know it's you. 
And here's what I need you to do for me. What is even crazier about the whole story is that God obliged. God wasn't offended by it. God obliged and, and, and he gave him his answer. He answers Gideon's fleece prayer. And my, my prayer in my early adulthood was this, God, if you'll do it for Gideon, I believe you'll do it for me. So please allow me to share just a couple of practical things of, of key elements when laying out a fleece for God to answer. The first one is this, and this is very important. Don't ask God to do something that will most likely happen on its own. That's not laying a fleece out. For example, if you are seeking God on whether or not you should buy a new car, don't let your fleece be answered upon credit approval because almost anybody can get approved these days. Especially if you have good credit. If you have good credit and you're like, hey, I'm walking into this dealership and I'm going to buy this brand new truck. God, if you let, there be, you know, let me get approved to, to, for financing, then I'm going to buy this thing. And, and you're sitting on, you know, a credit score of 780. Don't, that's not, that's not faith. That's not laying a fleece out. Now, if your credit score is 300, any credit approval might be an act of God. So go ahead, move, move upon it. The second thing is this, when laying a fleece out, ask God for a specific sign that you know will have to be orchestrated by him and him alone. You do not want human interference. As a matter of fact, don't let your decision be contingent upon anything that a human does or does not do. When it comes to the big decisions of life, you want to know that it was God that answered your fleece. I knew that I needed to hear my shepherd's voice. I did not want to follow a stranger. I did not want advice from any human being. When it came time to determine when and where, I needed to know that I heard from God because I was about to uproot my family from the comforts of, of, of life in Tampa. And I was about to uproot them, bring them to small town USA and plant a church that we had no idea if it was ever going to get off the ground or not. And if I was going to walk by that kind of faith, then I need to know that it's God that's directing that. And so to be sure that the when and where that God wanted me to plant our church was, was answered, my fleece was this, God, I need a building rent-free for six months. That was the fleece that I laid out. God, I need a building rent-free for six months. And, and you know what? Things look promising. We were originally approved to plant a church in Alachua. That is where Destiny Community Church in the early days was going to be birthed. And I went over to Alachua, I was looking for storefronts, and, and I found this one particular storefront, and I thought that it looked familiar, and so I called my brother, and he said, oh yeah, I, I know the owner. He said, I actually used to work for the guy. He said, he's still a good friend. He said, let me give you his number. I called the guy and, and I explained our situation. Man, we are, we are going to start a church. There's, there's, there's nobody except me and my family. You know, I, we need a deal. And this businessman says something that caught me off guard. But it's probably a, a, a good lesson in itself. He said, let me talk to my wife. <laughs> I go talk to your wife. 
He called me a couple of days later. And what he told me was that they were willing to give me a really good deal. Now, I had people, colleagues, that were telling me, don't tie the hands of God. What if somebody offers you a building at such a good price per square foot that's, that's way less than market value? That wasn't my fleece. My fleece was, God, I want a building rent-free for six months. And so the guy calls me back and he says, hey, we've talked about it. We want to help out with this. And with the square footage of this building and, and, and what he was willing to, to rent it to us for, I think it was $1,500 a month is what he was willing to say on, on, on the main street over in Alachua. And, and the square footage was plenty enough for us to start. But I asked God specifically, God, if this is you, we need a building rent-free for six months. And we declined and turned down that lease opportunity. And I'll tell you this, I walked away from it extremely discouraged. And for the next two weeks, I was just questioning, God, what am I supposed to do? It did not feel like there was anywhere else in Alachua that we could go. And I, I remember this one Saturday, uh, I was at our house in, in Pasco County, just north of Tampa. And I was in the backyard and I was, I was mowing the yard and I was mowing my lines straight. Because when I mow my yard, the lines are straight, okay? And so it was a hot day and I was mowing the yard. And, and I remember I just got really hot and I said, you know what, I need to hydrate a little bit. So I went to the, the screen porch on the back of our house. I sat down and I began drink, drinking some water and, and I looked down at my, my flip phone. <laughs> That's what we had back then. I looked down at my flip phone and I had a missed call. And I listened to the message. And it was a denominational official with the denomination that I'm licensed with. And, and he said, Rocky, I'm getting on a cruise ship. I only have a few minutes to talk. Please call me. Please call me. I've got an opportunity. I've got a building for you. So I called him back, and, and sure enough, they're pulling out of port in Fort Lauderdale. They're heading out to sea, and, and, and we have just enough reception to, to have this conversation. And he says, what do you think about Newberry? And I said, well, I haven't. He said, we've got a building there. I can't give you any people. The church has shut down, and we can give you a building. I said, well, let me talk it over with my wife. <laughs> the next day, Sunday, after church was finished in Tampa, we, we got in the car. Mandy and I, we, we drove to Newberry. And I remember we came in from, from Archer. So we came in from the south. And the moment we pulled into this community, there was this overwhelming feeling of peace that we never had in Alachua. Now listen, if you're from Alachua, listen, great community. And, and it, it, just, it just didn't feel right. Mandy and I knew when we pulled into this community, they were giving us a building. And God was answering my fleece. Now listen to me. We had church in that building for two years. Our youth ministry and our children's ministry operated out of that for the next 10 years. And just this past year, we sold that student center that was given to us and it is going to fund most of the construction costs on the new student center that's going to be built. Reaping where we had not sown. Do you see how God works?
understand you do not want to get ahead of God. God speaks, and sometimes it's yes, and sometimes it's no. But when you lay the fleece out, you have to be listening. Make it very specific. God wants to lead you to green pastures and beside still waters. He does not want your life up in turmoil. But the problem is, we don't hear the voice of the Lord, and we don't ask to hear the voice of the Lord, and we don't give God an opportunity to communicate back with us, and that's why we find ourselves near turbulent waters and by fields that are brown. All you have to do is ask. One more thing about fleeces. If you're going to be brave enough to lay a fleece out before the Lord, then you must be brave enough to live it out when God answers because God will speak through fleeces. You just need to be brave enough to obey him. I've heard people say that putting out a fleece is evidence of an immature faith, that seeking a sign from God on important issues in life is not a sign of complete and total trusting God. Well, forgive my weakness but I just want to make sure that I am listening to the right voice. And church, why do we live in fear that our honest uncertainties will somehow offend our God? Do you think God is offended because you want clarification? Laying your fleece out before God, it doesn't offend Him. It doesn't scare Him. It doesn't say to Him that you don't trust Him. On the contrary, it, it screams that you just want to be certain of the Lord's direction, that you love Him so much and that you trust Him so much that, God, I don't want to make a mistake on this. I need to know that I heard from you. Because if my kids are unsure of what to do, and they are sometimes, I would rather them ask me and make the right decision than assume and make the wrong decision. And our Heavenly Father is the same. Last week I shared with you the story of how we walked away from building a new house in April of 2015. The final deciding factor to walk away from that house was a fleece that I laid out to God. Now, if you've been on board with me up until this point, this is where it gets crazy. And some of you are going to be like, no, you lost me right there. I'm just, just stay with me. In going to the model home a few times, I had seen this beautiful red cardinal in the trees right in front of the model home. But it had been a few weeks since I had seen that cardinal. I don't know if it was a seasonal thing. I have no idea. I don't know anything about cardinals. Maybe I should, but I don't. But I was so uncertain of this decision. And as I was pulling down the road towards that model home, before I could see the home or the front yard, I prayed this simple prayer. God, I don't know what to do. My wife and I are not seeing eye to eye on this. I need to know that I heard from you. And God, if you want us to build this home, then I want you to put that red cardinal on that tree in that front yard. It's crazy, isn't it? I mean, it's crazy to think that God created the tree, God created the cardinal, God created me and everything within this whole planet, but yet he could do that, right? 
I pulled up in that front yard. And I looked. And there it wasn't. There was no cardinal. I sat there for a few minutes just thinking, God, if you'll just have him just fly in and just land right now, it will make my life at home so much easier. No cardinal. I walked inside and I shook the builder's hand and I said, thank you. The timing's just not right for us. No hard feelings. I walked out. It didn't make me popular at home, especially with my wife. But deep down, she knew, and she'll tell you this. It all comes down to having a voice in your home. Don't talk like the devil today and then tomorrow declare the will of God over your life. Men, you better listen to me. Don't live a life that is designed in the pits of hell and expect the architect of heaven to speak. Nobody in your house is going to trust that. About a month later, I pulled up at our old house that we're living in, that we were living in at the time. I didn't think anything of it. I get out of the car I'm walking up to the front door I open the front door I walk in and I look over to my right and my wife is sitting at the window and she's got the window open the screen's there and she's like shh shh shh, shh. Come here, come here, come here. and for the better part of the day my wife had been sitting at that window watching this little nest of birds some mother bird had built her nest right there right outside the window and Mandy was listening to them watching the mother come in and feed she couldn't see Mandy through the, through the screen I didn't think anything about it until the next morning when I went to walk out my front door and this female mama cardinal <laughs> makes a kamikaze nosedive straight at me trying to kill me because I'm too close to her nest and at that moment, I knew God was confirming, this is the house where I want you at for this time period. I am confirming this. I put a whole nest of cardinals right outside of your window. So if you're looking for a sign, here's your sign. There you go. Long story short, a year later, we signed the contract on the new house. Everything that we wanted on that list that I talked about last week was met and the builder even offered to buy our old house, giving us a profit and a down payment to put on the new house. If I get ahead of God in that, I miss the blessing that God had for me and for my family. It takes patience to be a child of God. It takes me saying, God, I will not make this decision until I know that I've heard from you. Because I'll say it again. If God's not talking, maybe he is talking. Maybe he's telling you to keep your butt still until he has everything in place to bless you once you come out of that season of life. I would rather live in the blessing that God created than the opportunity that I constructed because whatever I build with my life will crumble and fall apart, but whatever God builds for my life, it will stand the test of time. 
And so I'm telling you, you begin to lay fleeces out. Listen, this is being recorded today. If, if you have a hard time understanding this and you're just like, I'm not sure yet, I, 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 need, I really need to know, you go back and you listen to this time and time again. You listen to it if you have to before you make any decision. You go to Judges chapter 6. You read it for yourself. You find out what it means to lay a fleece before the Lord. And I know that my God will be faithful to answer that fleece every single time. Sometimes yes, sometimes no. But you have to trust Him in that process and He will not mislead you god will guide you through all of that and if you still don't understand it when my book comes out it'll be chapter three and you can buy the book and you can be blessed with that also thank you for listening to the podcast of dcc for service times and directions log on to www.destinycommunitychurch.org thanks again for listening